Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. Amen. Are you glad to be here today? Yes. Hallelujah. We're, well, I'm not, I don't want to be speaking for too long this morning, but I just want to have a, a, share with you a little bit on the Holy Spirit and his anointing and, and to say to you guys that it's, it's him that empowers us for life and it's him that strengthens us as individual members of a local church. A local church would be nothing without its members and, and, and more than that, it would be nothing without spirit-filled members. So you, as, as you grow, the body grows as you are strengthened, as you rely on the Holy Spirit, so the church will grow. And so you're, you're very important. You guys are all so important to the work of the ministry on the earth. Amen. And so, you know, we're building a strong church here. And the fiery darts of the, of the enemy have tried to take it down in the past, and we're still here. And we will still be here for a long time. And... Um, I want to say that, declare that there's life in this church. There's life in each one of you. And as you all bring that life into the building, and wherever you are, wherever you meet, that you, you are the church. Not just in the Bridge Church on a Sunday morning, but you are the church wherever you are. Wherever you're having cafe time or social time, wherever that is. Now, I just want to say that <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me over the fasting time and probably with you too, I hope, and is saying to me, what, what, what are you, is everything that you do, does it benefit your soul and does it benefit the souls of others or, or not? Because I, th- I believe God's very black and white. <laughs> it's his ways or his ways and there's not really any other ways, you know, it's his way. So do we benefit in what we do? Do we benefit the souls of others? Do we, are we building up our soul? Or as we look around us in, in the world and not only in, in the church too, is it all about self-help or is it about self-sacrifice? And there's lots of self-help out there and we're here to help people, to help one another. But I believe that the greatest um, thing that we can give in building up the church is self-sacrifice. And as we sacrifice and lay down our lives for each other, um, that the church is going to be a powerful in this nation but without the Holy Spirit at the center of that, we are in deep trouble. So we need, we need the Holy Spirit. And some of us may understand the anointing in different contexts. But today we're looking for both anointings to be in operation. There's an anointing where, the type of anointing where Mary anointed the feet of Jesus. She anointed him. Then there's the, the anointing that came when the Holy Spirit came upon the, those that were in the upper room. So there's, there's different, un, people understand the anointing differently and I just want to kind of cut, cut through that this morning and just kind of concentrate on um, a couple of these anointings. But in John 12, 3, it says, Mary anointed Jesus' feet with a very costly fragrance and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. And um, this type of anointing, is a physical anointing with oil, with, with olive oil. She used spikenard. But this, this is what this verse is talking about. 
And it was something that would be done to refresh a guest when a guest came to your home. It would be to also anoint someone to bring relief and healing into their life. And so there was, it was the, it was a, it's a good anointing. Amen. And um, it was done for other reasons there to, to show honor and to show respect as well. But <clears throat> it was to bring comfort to the person that was being anointed. And it was to penetrate. You know, when someone anoints, lays hands on you and anoints you, it penetrates more deep. It's not a superficial thing. I've been anointed many times, and when hands have been laid on me, you feel it. Something is happening inside you when that happens. And so this type of anointing is a kind of a, a penetrating anointing, and it's to bring relief, and it's to bring healing, and it's to bring the oil, it's the oil of joy for mourning. It brings gladness. It brings happiness. <laughs> Amen. Are you happy this morning? It brings happiness. And so the anointing of the Holy Spirit is just like that, but it's so much more than that. Amen. So I want to ask you a question this morning. You should ask it of yourselves. What does the Holy Spirit want to achieve here this morning? Do you believe he wants to achieve something this morning? Yeah, he wants, to, he wants us to involve him in our, in our lives every single day. Not use him, but involve him. He's one, of, he's one of the three of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he is a person with a personality, with feelings, and he, he's very sensitive. And we can, we can grieve him. We can, we can use him. We can, we can dishonor. We can disrespect him. We can offend the Holy Spirit by quenching him or blaspheming him or grieving. So all of these things. And so this morning, we don't want to do any of that. We say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place today. And I know he wants to demonstrate today. He wants to demonstrate his power in us. Later on, as we, we do, we anoint you, the band are going to worship. And so we are going to be trusting as we anoint you. There's, um, it's, it's nothing that Linda and I are transferring or doing for you. It's the Holy Spirit. We are just the conduit for that. And that he'll pour his power and might into your life. If, does anyone need a bit more might? I certainly need more might. He's going to pour his power and might into you. And he will do supernatural things in your life. He'll do miraculous things in your life. Amen. And he'll do it in the presence of all of us here today if we're all open to it. If, we'll, if we will just cooperate, if we will have a spirit of cooperation with the Holy Spirit, he'll do something amazing in your life here today. So wherever we meet as, as the body of Christ, as the ecclesia, the Holy Spirit wants to be right at the center of that. Amen. And so we want him to lead us from this day on. Can we believe as a church that every day the Holy Spirit will lead us into an encounter with the power of God. Can we believe that? Has anyone ever had an encounter before? Something that you are not expecting to happen. It's like, you know, I encountered Lewis in the hallway. I didn't expect to see you here. Wow. An encounter is something you, you don't expect it to happen. And then all of a sudden, it happens. And that's the type of encounter that the Holy Spirit makes for these supernatural encounters. Amen.
And when we have these encounters, it's deeply transforming to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Amen. And I tell you why. It's because it's always outside of the scope of the natural. We live our lives in a very natural way, but when we have a true encounter with the Holy Spirit, there's always something supernatural that is happening. Amen. And that, to me, it just puts my life into perspective. Because we get so, we're so conditioned to see things in a natural way and to live in a natural way. And we, we don't, we don't um, always recognize what is going on. We don't give him place. We don't give him space. Amen. And so the movement of the Holy Spirit is awesome. And the, the word says, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. In Ze- Zechariah chapter 4, it says that. Amen. So it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And if you, has it, who has been filled with the spirit here? Amen. When you were saved. Now, I remember last year's anointing service. We had, it was wonderful. I still remember. I just remember the sisters coming up particularly, and we were praying, and there was gladness, and there was tears. And, but when, when, you, when, when you are born again, don't mistake the, what happens here today for being born again. This is an anointing service. You must be born again. So you, you, say, you say a prayer. You confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9, And you say that prayer of salvation. Jesus comes to live in your heart by his Holy Spirit. He lives inside you. And then you have the Holy Spirit. But then the word says that there's another level of the anointing. In fact, there's three levels. You know, the Bible does so many things in threes, you know, 30, 60, 100 fold, you know, and that last, getting between 60 and 100 is, is is the number 40, which is a testing number. 40 days, 40 days of fasting. Should we try that this year? Come on, yes. 40 days, 40 days is the test. So, so many, in so many places in the word, you see God doing things in threes. So we go up from, you know, there's the, what is the, the word says? There's the, uh, the milk of the word, the, the, and there's the meat, but there's another one, the bread. So, so there's, there's, there's like this three-tier thing going on in God's word. He seems to have this in place. And so and we can, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue, other tongues, a heavenly prayer language. And you may have heard it come through occasionally during worship or your neighbor might be singing in the Spirit. And you're like, what is that? And it's, it's the Holy Spirit working through us, because sometimes we, we, we get, we're at a loss for words. If I don't know what to pray, we'll pray in the spirit until, until something, until something happens. And he gives us that language. And most people think, well, it's not, some people think it's not for today. That was all gone out a long time ago. It's so for today, in my opinion, but everyone is going to have their own opinion. But I would suggest you do a Bible study on it. I don't believe that any of the gifts of the Spirit have stopped because if they had, the church would not grow without any of the gifts of the Spirit. So the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation. And so we need to be filled. But we also, this morning is also about a refilling. So a regeneration. 
because we've got to fill in. You know, I run, I run empty. In fact, we can run on empty a lot, and I need refilled. And it's the Holy Spirit that recharges us in that sense. Amen. Because he is able. Linda and I have no ability. He is able. It's not in our ability. It's in his ability. And your faith must, this morning, your faith must be in God's ability for your life. Not in your pastors, not in anyone else. It must be in God. Okay. And so, in Hosea 6.3, it says, Come and return to the Lord in repentance. For he's torn us, but he'll heal us. Good news. He's wounded us, but he'll bandage us. After two days, he'll revive us. And on the third day, he'll raise us up that we may live before him. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. And let's press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord. Amen. His appearing is prepared and is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain like the spring rain watering the earth. And that is what we are going to experience here this morning, the rain of the Spirit. We're going to experience God's rain. And, you, and, and it's only going to be, you will only know that and sense that relative to how open your heart is to receive that. Because if we resist him or if we reject the Holy Spirit, he will not come. Amen. So we've got to know that we, we need to be anointed for a purpose. And I want to give you this. This is why we are being anointed this morning. 1 John 2. Little children, it's the last hour. And as you've heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, and none of them were us. But you have the anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who's a liar? But he who denies Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father, and he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So let truth abide in you. Let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him, it abides in you, hey? And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, it's not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you'll abide in him. Amen. This sounds like the type of anointing that every true believer needs to live their lives day by day by day. Because there's a new deception every day. There's something that comes against Christ every day. There's something that comes against Christ in you every single day. So we need this anointing today. What is the anointing going to do for us? Well, if you look at the word anointing there in that context, I want to tell you that it is, that it is the anointing that refers to, let me just put it this way, 
The word is, is charisma, charisma. Not like Christmas, but without the S on the end, charisma, okay? That's the word anointing there. And it refers to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit that guides the receptive believer into the fullness of God's preferred will. So let me get this. This is so important. So this anointing is the one that guides the receptive believer, the one who, who's open, into the fullness of God's preferred will. So if you want to know what God's will for your, his perfect will and his, the fullness of his will for your life, you must have the charisma, that anointing. That's the Holy Ghost guiding you and directing you very specifically. Amen. How does this anointing work? It works by faith, pistis, by faith. Without faith, no anointing. Without faith, no anointing. Amen. So this, this anointing functions by the Holy Spirit persuading you in your spirit of what God's pre preferences are for your life. So it's like, you know, Lewis, this is what I really, really want for you. The Father God is saying this. The Holy Spirit comes. You're anointed and the Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit and you have clarity, direction, and the way, the way to go. A lot of people think, oh, that just means that I don't need a pastor or a teacher because the Holy Spirit's going to teach me. I've heard that used all the time. I don't believe that's what it means. I believe that what it means is as we learn or as we are taught, the Holy Spirit reveals the true meaning of what God's Word is. He is the teacher. People sit, look at that and say, well, I've got the Holy Spirit. I don't need a teacher. Well, there wouldn't be the fivefold ministry if we didn't need any teachers, would there? So we do need, we need people that are over us in the faith that we can look to, that can teach us. But the Holy Spirit brings everything to life. Amen. And then the other word I want to speak about is the word received. Now, this is the other word. The word received in that context means to actively lay hold of or or to take a hold of something. One, tr one translation says you must aggressively accept what is offered to you. That's like holding out a, some, a, you know, a Cowan's toffee to a Wayne. You know, they're going to they're gonna they're gonna aggressively get that toffee out of your hand. This is what, when the anointing which you have received, it's not a church, it's not a passive thing. We don't just stand there and it's all going to happen it's by itself no we must actively receive it so you have to activate your faith and you have to activate your expectation it's a very deliberate act amen the holy spirit is our helper but he doesn't do everything for us isn't that right yeah. it's like have you ever been in a situation where someone's called you for help listen a uh, uh, I need a hand. Can you come round and give me a hand? Yes, yeah, sure thing. I'll come round. Um, they're building a hut. Great. Um, and then you build the hut, and they sit on the sidelines watching you build the hut and having a blether. Oh, like, would you like another cup of tea? Yeah, thanks very much. You know, it's dark o'clock at night, and you're still building the hut. He's called you for help, but he's just sitting there idly. That's no. The Holy Spirit is our helper, but we 
must participate. Amen. And so the anointing that you receive this morning, it's going to make you brave. It's going to make you bold, isn't it? It's going to help you overcome your weaknesses. It's going to, it's going to, we all have shortcomings and he's going to help us in our shortcomings. Amen. And so we just got to rely on him and trust in what he, he needs to do. When the Holy Spirit says to Peter, go to Cornelius's house. And there, you remember what happened at Cornelius's house. He got a chance to preach the, um, the household of that Roman uh, centurion or servant, whatever, or he were saved. And it was all by the Spirit. All of it was by the Spirit. So if Paul went on his journeys by, in obedience to the Spirit, Peter went to do that. But everything happens by the Spirit. Amen. And it's amazing, but the disciples, what happened at, at Calvary? They'd been with Jesus, and they fled. They abandoned Jesus. Fast forward a little bit to the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit then changed everything. So here are these guys that have fled Jesus, and now they've got the Holy Spirit. They go out to be martyred, to preach. They just go. It's completely changed. And after the Holy Spirit, I mean, how many were in the upper room? 120 or something. Within, within a day or so of the, of the Holy Spirit coming to earth as a helper, 3,000 people were added in a day. So from 120 believers to 3,000 in a day, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, amen. And so he's wonderful and he has, I'm not going to go through all of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. If anyone wants to know just who he is, let me know, I'll send you these. Are, these are wonderful to read through. But I want to, before we go on to um, the anointing service, and we will receive our offering shortly. I just want to say, um, sincerity is important. We have to hunger and thirst after the Spirit of God. Yeah. Amen. We have to hunger and thirst. He's got, a, he's got a great personality. He is gentle. He's peaceful. But sometimes he's like a, a rushing mighty wind, a fire. So you'll never know what to expect with the Holy Spirit. Amen. But to know him is to know his power. But sincerity is at the utmost. Amen. And I want to say this morning, because I know, I don't know who's watching and I don't know everyone that's, well, I do know most of you. Hopefully we might have some visitors here. But there's nothing exclusive about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody has been promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. All you need to do is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So there's nothing exclusive. Don't think, oh, this is just for them or that person. It's for you. Wherever you're sitting today, it's for you. Amen. And um, I was, uh, have a wee quick story for you at the end. I've been loving watching a guy. I've seen him recently, a documentary. He's a sailor. And he sailed from the uh, San Francisco or the west coast of America to Hawaii on a little tiny yacht. And um, he was about 
a thousand miles away from Hawaii, and his, ru his rudder broke. Now, before, before he got to that place and his rudder broke, he'd been through a few storms. And I was amazed. I know probably those mariner, mariners here like John will know all this stuff better than me, but at certain times when the storm got really rough, he had to steer the ship by hand. But when it was calm, he relied on a wind vane to steer the ship. So when it was calm, the wind would come and there would be some sort of a wind vane and then he wouldn't have to sit at the, at the tiller for all of that time. But basically, what happened was his rudder broke and he still had a thousand miles to go. And so with a broken rudder, he had to work out how he was going to get to Hawaii. So he rigged up a special contraption that dangles off the back of the boat. It's called a drogue. And this helps to steer the boat because the rudder was broken. And um, I was thinking about the whole story. And I was thinking about myself, you know. Sometimes I sit in the boat and I would rather steer it because of whatever circumstances I'm in, whether for enjoyment or whether it's because, do you know what, it's just too dangerous to let something else take over. I don't have the confidence in that, so I'll steer the boat by hand by myself. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying, you've got to let go of that rudder and let me steer you. Use the wind vane, the, 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 the Holy Spirit's described as ruach, the wind of the Spirit. He's often described as a wind. So let, let him be not only your propulsion, but also he will, he will steer for you. And so it was really interesting to see this. Um, and that illustration spoke to me. I hope it speaks to you too. So. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.